Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel Record of Luke. The Gospel Record of Luke and chapter number 13. The Gospel Record of Luke and chapter number 13. Well, as we're following through the Gospel Record of Luke, we can see that Jesus Christ is now beginning his trek to Jerusalem. And as he is going, we've already seen, and it's going to increase more and more, that we're going to see more and more opposition to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as a literary or as a Bible reader, what you're going to discover is that Jesus Christ's messages are going to get harder and harder, but you're also going to see salvation preached over and over. And so it's almost a dual thing where you're going to get a lot of salvation messages as he's trying over and over to reach out to people. But you're also going to see the patience and his graciousness towards those who are against him also dwindled down. And again, the messages are going to get very hard. And again, most people who have some type of Christian and Christian dumb inside of them, they don't see Jesus as a hard preacher. They see him as a fluffy dessert preacher. Uh, preacher who just says peace on earth goodwill to men and they just see him as someone God is love but Jesus does say God is love but you understand there are times that Jesus is very straight with people and lets them know the danger they're in if they continue on their wicked ways well once again we're going to see this appear in the gospel record of Luke and chapter number 13 the gospel record of Luke chapter 13 and notice with me in verse number 10 the gospel record of Luke chapter 13 and verse number 10 and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed over and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed. From thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus healed on the Sabbath day, and said to the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan hath bound, lo, these eighteen years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day, and when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for the glorious things that were done by him. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that Jesus Christ spoke to this woman with an infirmity and the gospel record of Luke chapter 13? The gospel record of Luke chapter 13, and notice in verse 12, Thou 
art loosed. Thou art loosed. And if you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you, Lord, I recognize my own infirmity today. And I'm asking your grace beyond measure to be able to preach your word without distraction. That you would give me the life and health and strength needed I'm asking that we would see you as a miracle working God who is able to do great miracles. That you could loose the bounds of Satan. You could loose the bounds of infirmities. That you could do so much if we would just depend and trust upon your power. Thank you for whom you are. Help us to learn more about you. Fill me with your spirit. And please, you do your own work through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. As we approach this passage, the first thing I want to bring to your attention is the woman was loosed. The woman was loosed. Now Jesus still had a habit of being faithful to the synagogues every week. That means when he traveled, when it was time to be in the house of God, he was in the house of God. He made sure that he was there. Now sometimes he didn't get a good welcome. Sometimes people were glad to see him. Sometimes not. But he had determined that he was going to be faithful to the house of God every time the doors were open. Every week he was there. Now, while he was teaching this time, he noticed something. Notice with me in verse number 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed over and could in no wise lift herself up. Now, notice, we learned some things about this woman. First of all, we know that she has an infirmity. And the specific infirmity that she has makes her where she physically is bowed over. Now, could you imagine all of your life being bowed over? Being stuck in a position where you're always walking like this? That would be uncomfortable. It would be difficult to sit. It would be difficult to have a social conversation. It would be difficult to do things. Now notice, she had this for 18 years. Now that's implied that nobody's been able to do anything for her. The doctors have not been able to do anything for her. The religious leaders have not been able to do anything for her. And the Bible talks about, Jesus later on makes mention, that this she was bound in this infirmity because of Satan. Meaning there was some type of demonic or devilish thing that has actually caused this infirmity in her life. And so here is a lady who is bowed over 18 years. Here is a lady who has sought help from the doctors, from the religious leaders, and none of them help them. Here is a lady that is actually infirmed. It is a spiritual cause now, may I also point something else to you? Verse 10, And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day, and behold, there was a woman. You know what this means? This woman had every excuse not to be faithful to the house of God. And you know what? She was there anyways. She was in her place. She was not going to allow this to be an excuse. That satanic attack was not enough for her to miss being in the house of God. Having an infirmity was not enough for her to miss being in the house of God. For her not to be able to be healed by the world or the religious rulers were not able to do anything was not enough of excuse for her not to be in the house of God. 
What an amazing testimony. An old time preacher said this. That the true measure of a man is not what it takes to... uh, Uh, is not what a man succeeds, but a true measure of a man is what does it take to stop him? What does it do to take to stop you from serving God? What does it take you to do for you not to show up to church? A couple raindrops in the sky? Your sports team throwing a pigskin? A stub toe? A kid who's got the sniffles and everybody's got to stay home to make sure that they can help blow the kid's nose? What does it take? Here is a lady who determined that she's infirmed. It's uncomfortable. I mean, can you imagine trying to sit down in a pew and you're stuck like this? Could you imagine trying to be this? On top of that, in the ancient culture, even in the Jewish culture, If there was a woman that had any type of infirmity, the culture dictated that she must remain invisible. Not to be seen. And here's a lady that even though the culture says, we don't want to see you, we don't want you to be present, she didn't let that be an excuse for her not to be in the house of God. That she was going to be determined to be faithful to God's house. And so when Jesus is preaching, here's a woman that's dictated by her culture to be invisible. But guess who saw her? Jesus saw her. Jesus knows where you're at. He knows what you're suffering. He knows what you're going through. Jesus sees. And so Jesus saw this woman. Notice if you don't mind in verse number 11. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, praise the Lord for that. Jesus saw her. He called her to him. Now he's preaching in the synagogue and he says, hey, you lady, ma'am, come here. She's called up front. Everyone's staring at her. Please come up here. And he said to her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine iniquity. Now this word loose is a good interesting word. It carries the same idea of untying a shoe or loosing a tethered animal. We'll see that later. With just a touch, he was able to untie her infirmity and unbind her. Something that was bound is now loosed, made loose. And notice what happens as she is now loosed. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So here's a lady who's supposed to be invisible. She's being faithful to church. She didn't come to be healed. She didn't come to try to, uh, to be seen. She was just being faithful. And Jesus saw her. Come here, woman, thou art loosed. And he put his hand upon her. And at that moment, he loosed her from infirmity. At that moment, he loosed her from the bondage of sin. From that moment, he uh, loosed her from the power of Satan. From the bonds that Satan had upon her. You know, I'm so thankful that Jesus is able to loose the bonds. You know, there are so many people who are entangled in this life. You know what Jesus can do? He can loose that bond. There are people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol. And AA teaches them that they'll never get over it. You know what Jesus can do? He can loose that bond where they no longer desire a drink. 
They no longer desire a sin. He can loose someone who's in the bondage of sin and he can loose them. He can untie them. He can free them from the bondage that they're in. Sin puts a lot of bondage in life. We know that Satan loves to bind people up. But Jesus can untie that string and make it loose. And make it so physically you could go straighten up. Can you imagine after 18 years how great that would feel? I'm sure those muscles weren't used to it, but those muscles were healed. And for the first time in 18 years, this little old lady is able to stand up straight. And I can imagine, I'm from the South, she take out her little hanky. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. She'd have a hanky waving time. What a wonderful service that would be in. You'd almost think that everyone's going, what a great God. Unfortunately, there weren't everyone that was happy. Notice the second thing, the criticizing of the miracle. So the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Now this word indignation carries the idea of a heated wrath. It is a burning, molten. He's not happy. So if you can imagine the, the person in charge of the synagogue... <clears throat> the equivalent of a pastor of a church. Jesus heals this lady in the middle of the message. And this guy's mad. He's so angry. And so he does what every American does. He goes to Twitter. He goes to Facebook. He doesn't address Jesus at all. Notice what he does. And the rule of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus healed on the Sabbath day and said Unto the people. He ignored Jesus. He was mad and upset for something Jesus did. And he went straight to the people. And was telling everyone why he thought Jesus was wrong. When Jesus is right here. He could have said, listen, I don't understand. He could have at least said, I'm not happy that you did that. But he ignored Jesus and went straight to the people. Isn't that exactly what people do today? I didn't like what pastor said. So, mm, I mean, that Twitter was burning as Jesus is there. He's so upset. He's tweeting right then. I mean, we're just worse now. If they had Twitter, don't you think this guy would have done that? Don't you think that would have been a social media post? Absolutely. That would have been on YouTube with all kinds of hateful comments. People don't change. We just have more technology. They don't want to talk to the pastor at all. They just want to go to their Twitter account and just blast. How dare he do that? Well, Jesus is right there. He could have asked him, could you explain your actions? Not, he ignored Jesus, mounted the pulpit. Listen here. That was evil and that was wrong. Now, if we were to give him an ounce of credit, this is the first time someone tried to defend why Jesus shouldn't heal on the Sabbath. He said, there are six days on which men ought to work and them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. He said, you could have at least waited a day. I mean, she, 18 years, she wasn't going anywhere. You could have waited till tomorrow. I mean, God did work in six days and the seventh day, at least he tried to give a biblical reason. It's still... The God who created things are still standing right beside him. But at least he tried to give a biblical reason, but still doesn't work. Because Jesus broke his rules. Jesus broke his concept. And now he's mad. Now he's upset. How dare Jesus heal someone? Can you believe he would actually heal someone inside of a church service? Can you believe that he tried to be a blessing to someone? I know this lady's better off, but is she really... 
And he is mad. He is upset. You could just imagine him red face. And he just quickly. And you could almost see all the thumbs up. And the likes. And the, the mad faces that are coming up. On their social media. Can you imagine that? I mean, I mean we live in a Can you imagine all the little pop-ups emojis. Starting to come up now on this post. You know. And the Sanhedrin like this post. And you know. They all. <laughs> they're. They're all upset and they're all mad. Just because Jesus healed someone. This lady had been healed 18 years. This is one of the greatest days of her life. And now someone's mad because trying to ruin it. We see another thing here. The hypocrite exposed. The hypocrite exposed. Notice with me in verse 15. The Lord answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath day, notice the word, loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering. Now, this is the same word loose. He's told the woman that you are loosed from your infirmity. And then he says, now, on Saturday, the Sabbath day, how many of you untie your animal and bring him to water. You loose that. You free him so that way he can go to water. That's the, he said, I'm doing the same thing. I'm loosing those bonds so she can get what she needs. You do the same thing. You want to yell at me for loosing the bonds. You do the same thing when you get home. Notice in verse number 16. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? He says, listen, shouldn't she be loosed? I mean, what better day to do that than on the Sabbath day, on the day that we're supposed to honor God? Right? Isn't everyone else except for you? Glad that she's healed? Absolutely. Notice verse 17. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. Well, they're no longer liking those posts. And all the people rejoiced for the glorious things that were done by him. <clears throat> Here the hypocrites exposed. And there's always going to be hypocrites. There's always going to be people who are not going to like what God is doing. And if we're going to make an application with this, social media is going to hate us from time to time. I got a whole letter of um, file on my computer of death threats. <gasps> you get death threats? Yeah, it doesn't bother me no more. My wife got her first death threat a couple weeks ago. It was great. I mean, when they're kicking you in the rear, you know you got the lead. So <laughs> it happens. There are going to be people who are going to trash us. There's going to... When I was pastoring in Tennessee, I had another pastor who preached like we did. And when they would leave his church, they would come to my church. When they get mad at me, then they were stuck. And we had a funeral once of people that had come to both places I pastored and where he pastored. And we happened to walk in the door at the same time. And it was all full of people who had left both of the churches we'd pastored. And you could almost hear that wind getting sucked out of the building. <gasps> I mean, they were just waiting to see what was going to happen. He used to tell me that, you know, if he ever quit the ministry, there was going to be a big celebration in the entire city. So many people would be so glad. And it happens. 
We need to be careful that we're not caught up on this. We need to be careful of ourselves. How do we make the application? Well, I'm assuming that you guys are mature enough that you're not going to put stupid Facebook posts against how horrible the church is, that you would have at least enough common sense to at least talk to me beforehand, right? So I'm assuming that that's the application that we don't have to make tonight, right? And if you're listening, don't hate the Facebook, YouTube posts just because you're mad. Okay, good. All right. So what application can we make? Well, first of all, May we give the application, what keeps you from being faithful to God's house? Here is a lady who had every legitimate excuse. Wouldn't, I meant, wouldn't you give her a pass if she said, I couldn't make it today? Absolutely. Here's a little old lady who can't bend over. It's probably hard for her to travel. She's supposed to be invisible. Culture says that we're supposed to not have her around. And she would have been given a pass, but she was faithful anyways. I mean, if you're at that stage, you know what? Okay. But if you're not at that stage and you just have a stubbed toe or you got a, you're, you got a little splinter, I mean, can't you make it? I mean, what would stop you? Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. You're on a Wednesday night. You're not struggling whether you're going to come or Sunday or not. So what other application can we make? Here's the big one. And what the main thing is, Jesus is able to loose the bonds. He's able to untie those strings. You know, we're surrounded by loved ones who are tied up, who are bound. And a lot of it may be spiritual war. It could be that Satan has blinded them and they are bound. Maybe there's some of them that's not satanic bound. They're bound to sin and the consequences of sin and they're tied up. And you look at it and you say, there's no way I could untangle it. Maybe you've even tried a couple times. You may be even like Alexander in the Gordian Knot and try to hack your sword at it to try it. And it just hasn't untied. Cultural reference, sorry. But you know what Jesus can do? He could untie knots very good. He can loose that up and he can free anyone. Jesus can loose And you know what? We can trust him to lose. Maybe that's a prayer that you need to pray for someone. You see someone entangled in sin. Lord, loose him. Maybe there's someone that's tangled up in their thinking. Lord, loose her. Maybe there's someone that just, it's all you could say is entangled. Lord, loose them. It's nothing for God. He sees more than we can. He could see all those entanglements. He could see everything up there. And it's no problem for him to loose it. We have a miracle working God. Now, you could try to untie those knots yourself. But let me tell you, like that woman, no one was able to help her. There were some things that God and God alone could do. You can't cure an addiction. But you know who can? Jesus can. You can't cure an infirmity. But you know who can? Jesus can. You can't change someone's mind, but you know who can? Jesus can. We can trust God to do a miracle work, even today in someone's life, to loose them from the bonds they're entangled in. What a wonderful Savior. 
Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.